After personally experiencing chronic anxiety and seeing many others suffer the same, our next guest is bringing relationship-centered behavioral health care into the spotlight and creating access to it at scale. Denise Schiffman, CEO of GroupWell, joins us to discuss how she utilizes her background in data science and analytics to offer effective personalized care in a virtual group setting that enables individuals to connect and heal with others in meaningful and sustained ways. In a global pandemic that makes us feel more isolated than ever, join us for this encouraging conversation and learn how Denise and her team are changing the future through the healing power of shared experiences and mutual support. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Denise, welcome to our podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, Denise, because of your personal experience with chronic anxiety and seeing so many others suffer from it throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and your passion to bring advancements to tech and mental health, I'm so grateful to be spending time with you today. But before we dive into this important conversation, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passion to Pioneers with Mike Baselli on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Denise, it's almost time for our community to learn how GroupWell is offering personalized care along with the healing power of shared experience mutual support, skill building, and relationship insights. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? You know, Mike, starting a company to create something completely new is a roller coaster ride. The ups are exhilarating and the downs can be demoralizing. I always recommend that founders create a group of other founders, of other pioneers that they meet with regularly and who will keep them grounded. The way I look at it, you have to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. I love it. And there's no better way to do that than to actually meet up with some folks that are going through it as well. Because believe it or not, the notion of being a startup founder, it's so romanticized in our culture. And that, okay, that's great, whatever. But I've been there. I've worn that hat. You are obviously there right now. It can be a very, very lonely place. And like you said, the highs can be incredibly high and the lows can be incredibly low. So surround yourself with others that are going through that. Keep that groundedness, you know, check in with yourself, with the power of others. Incredibly important, Denise, incredibly important. Have you been doing that throughout this journey? And what has that been like as well? You know, I have been. Some friends of mine were starting their own companies and we started to talk about this need that we were living with fear, not sleeping at night, worried about every challenge. Would we be able to next, you know, raise the next amount of money and keep going? And we found that talking each other through it and when someone was going through a down, you could bring them back up. And if you were going through an up, they could cheer you on. And, and the balance was just so valuable. And so anyone I know who's starting a group, either we bring them in or I suggest they start their own group because it really makes a difference to get you through this. 
That absolutely is sage advice. It's incredibly important. It's something that I'm a big, big advocate of as well. So thank you for sharing that piece of advice, Denise. And of course, we're going to be talking more about forming groups, the power of groups and the power of opportunity for community and everything happening at GroupWell after we get back from thinking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Denise Schiffman, CEO of Groupwell. Denise, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so grateful and honored to be able to spend time with you. This is an incredibly important topic, more than needed now than ever, especially with everything we've been going through with COVID-19 over the past 18 months while we've been living in a global pandemic. I believe and seen it with my own eyes and my own experiences with friends and loved ones. There's an epidemic within this pandemic as well. And I know you and the team are getting after some of that in so many great ways. But of course, want to hear a little bit about the journey of how you got to launching the startup in the first place, where you guys currently are right now with GroupWell, where you see things heading. Why is this more important than ever? Why is this needed now? Where you see the industry going, where you see your technology platform heading, how we can help you, and then we'll get out of here. But first, Denise, let's take it back. Give us a little bit of that founder's journey. How did this come to be in the first place? Believe it or not, it starts back when I was pretty young, when I was four, five, six years old. I was extremely shy and introverted. And even though as I got older, I learned extroverted skills, that fear of other people, that fear of speaking up has always stayed with me. But after I finished college, I actually wanted to build a career in marketing. So I pushed myself outside of my comfort zone. And of course, therapists would tell me that's exposure therapy. I didn't know that at the time. And I definitely exposed myself to all of my worst fears, speaking on stage to thousands of people, meeting lots of strangers at conferences and events, and most importantly, speaking up at meetings to get an important point across. I taught myself to push through challenges, and that worked for a while. I was a VP at a $10 billion company by the time I was 36 years old. Stress was actually motivating, even energizing, and any anxiety was short-lived. Yet, about three years ago, it all caught up with me, and I started to experience chronic anxiety and chronic panic attacks. I was struggling to function day to day, and I didn't actually know why. I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And at the behest of all of my friends, I sought out therapy. And so as an aside, I'm a baby boomer. We see therapists the least of any generation except our parents' generation. And so basically, I denied myself the help that I had needed. Instead, I read books and found ways to build resilience and did yoga and healthy eating and taught myself to do things that would help myself sleep better. But in the end, that wasn't quite enough. 
And so I started to see a therapist and she referred me to group therapy. And it was the second time in my life that I had been referred to group therapy. And this time I wanted to know why, why me? And she didn't really have an answer other than it'll be good for you, which wasn't quite enough. I mean, I come from the tech industry background and I think about data and analytics and I want the meaning behind things, right? I want the data behind things. But even more importantly, I asked, can you recommend some groups for me to go to? And she said, no, I really don't know of any. I mean, the one that I've heard about, it's always full. So I wrote down the name and I looked every month and it was always full. So then I started searching on Google, looking for a group, not really sure exactly what I was looking for. I built out a big complex spreadsheet and, you know, the different therapists, the different group types, you know, what it was about, time of day, location, because we weren't online at that time with group therapy. It was a complex process that was taking me a lot of time. And actually, it was friction in joining a group. It wasn't helping me and I didn't feel comfortable. And realistically, a lot of the people who need group are the ones that aren't going to feel the most comfortable joining. So it needs to be a good, seamless process. And it dawned on me, being a technologist, that this is something that needs innovation behind it. And that set me on a path to start Group Well. And what I did from there was I just reached out to the industry experts, the world experts and the clinical side, the authors of the books and the researchers on measurement of group, which is different than measuring individual therapy. And they were all thrilled that I was looking into it. They were responding to my cold emails and cold calls. And I was really shocked by that. But they really believed in the healing power group. They had seen it with their own eyes and they wanted it to sort of rise above and get more light than it had historically. And so that more people would have the opportunity to join group and heal and get better. I set out to solve all these problems that I had personally run into. And when I started talking to friends and neighbors and even my bookkeeper, I found out that they had actually all run into these problems and were telling me their stories of either needing therapy or trying to find a group and not finding the group that they were looking for. And so that's really where it all came from. And my background really in tech has been in data center systems and high scale systems and cybersecurity and analytics. And so the combination of that background and some time I did in healthcare and patient engagement and doctor engagement really combined to build the platform that's needed for today, a way to aggregate groups, automate the whole process of finding and joining a group and making it measurement-based and data-driven so that not only the therapist learns better how to treat their patients, but as patients or as clients, we actually see how we're doing all along the process. And so before we go a little deeper into group, well, you give us that elevator pitch and start discussing and diving in on what you have built with it and the reasons why, and more importantly, where things are going to be heading as well, Denise. Can you size up a little bit? Personally, I've never experienced it or participated in it. This need for group therapy, what's the size out there? You know, if I have to say, what's the market? What's the total addressable market? Is this a growing need? Is this a growing trend? Give us kind of that state of the union of where group therapy is in our society. It's actually a very large market. It's a $9.5 billion market in outpatient therapy alone. It's broadly used. It's broadly applicable and it's broadly used. You see group therapy not only in private practice. Universities use it heavily. The VA, the Veterans Administration, uses it. Hospitals use group therapy. So you see it across the board and it's actually used a great deal in inpatient care. No, that's not what we're doing. Obviously, inpatient and intensive outpatient is actually the primary form of therapy over individual. So the group modality has been around for 70, 80 years. There's 
250 randomized clinical trials showing that it is as effective as individual therapy. And there's a lot of research in this space. And so its value has been proven over and over and over again. That's phenomenal. And you also see the opportunity, and maybe we'll discuss this a little bit more later on in the episode. You also see an opportunity beyond the United States. Is this something that we see other state, other countries, societies really leaning on group therapy as well? Yeah. So the group therapy is actually used globally. So therapists around the world do use groups. And we see a way because we're automating it from the therapist side, right? When our network of therapists use our platform, it's much easier for them because it's complex to put together a group. You're trying to get a cohort together. You've got to get them through all of the onboarding and paperwork. You need to talk to each one of them because that's the best practicing group. You want to talk to them in advance. Make sure you're putting together people in the right group. And then measuring, which most therapists and even psychiatrists are not doing today, and making that systematic so that you can do a better job of providing care and adapt care to the needs of those clients. That's universal. That's not just in the U.S. That's everywhere around the world. So we do, we built the platform in a way that it can scale across conditions, across group types, but also can scale globally. I love it. Well, let's go there and talk about today. Let's go to the elevator pitch. I know you've done it a million times, Denise. What is GroupWell? Well, GroupWell is the first company to provide measurement-driven, evidence-based treatment in group therapy that can scale. We scale groups. Our data-driven platform gives clinical decision support data to the therapist to provide better more personalized care. And it also gives members engaging data about themselves and how they're progressing and what they need to work on. When I was in therapy, that's exactly what I was looking for. And it's just an interesting time. I often get asked, you know, is the market ready for group well? Is this the time for groups? And I really believe the time is now. And I think you've said it, Mike, you know, the pandemic really drove a deep understanding of how important social connection healthy social relationships really are towards our mental health and towards our physical health. And I've always referred to group therapy as being the Cinderella therapy, the underappreciated stepsister in the therapy family. And I think it's really time for that to change. And I can see that it's going to change. Group is mental health plus social health. It's not individual therapy delivered to a group of people at the same time. It's actually designed to incorporate interrelationship skills, connection, collaboration, social intelligence, all as a part of treatment for mental health conditions. And so it's interesting when you look at the market, we know that people experiencing anxiety or depression pretty much know one of their options is to see a therapist. But with group, people who join group most likely were referred by a therapist or by a psychiatrist or by their primary care provider in the way that I was. Most people don't know or don't think at the top of their minds that group therapy is one of their options and it might be the best course of action to manage their condition or actually to help them live a happier, healthier life. And I think that's really the challenge in the marketplace. But as I mentioned, it's a very broadly applied modality of care. And I think this is really important for people to understand. Group is used for anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, grief and loss, parenting challenges, chronic stress, trauma, I can go on. Another big category is chronic illness, chronic conditions. Group is starting to be used more and more for things like cancer survivorship, diabetes, heart disease, kidney disease, chronic pain. And really importantly, and another area where we're pioneering is around COVID long 
especially because people don't feel heard and don't feel understood by the medical community. And all of these conditions that I've just mentioned have a high comorbidity of a mental health challenge, predominantly anxiety and depression. But a lot of times when you're managing a chronic illness, you're trying to manage your fear and your anxiety and even sometimes a sense of hopelessness or the need for connection. And so we bring that all together in the way that we've designed group well is to make these types of groups scale and help people move from therapy to wellness. So we offer therapy treatment groups and we offer wellness groups. So as they're ready to move forward, they can learn more life skills and lifestyle skills in a structured format. Everything we do is structured and measured. Denise, that is powerful. And thank you so much for laying that out. Trust me, I am one of the biggest fans of connectivity amongst community members. Heck, I built an entire healthcare innovation campus called Catalyst in Denver because I'm so bought in on the notion of connectedness, the power of community, the power of togetherness. Trust me, I'm already a huge fan of yours, Denise. This is incredibly important and powerful work. Let me ask you a couple of questions and get in the weeds just a touch. In regards to the platform, when you talk about groups and these groups forming and you're doing it at scale, Can it also be virtually? Could Mike meet up with some group members that are in other areas of the country or is it all in person? Coach us up on that a little bit, Denise. Oh, no. So we're online groups only, is virtual groups. Treatment in the U.S. is licensed state by state. So you actually have to have therapists licensed each state to treat residents of that state. And so we follow those guidelines. The great thing about group therapists and the the amazing group therapists we have on the platform is they tend to be licensed in multiple states because you're trying to bring more people together in a group. You want a, a broader sort of group to access to get into your groups. For wellness groups, those are nationwide. Anyone can join a wellness group. They aren't considered treatment. And so they aren't regulated in the same way. So we're actually able to serve today people in seven, eight states already. And we'll expand that as quickly as we can. That's really exciting. Then also let's stay on the kind of the business side of the house, Denise. The payer industry and the insurance industry is really starting to take notice to investing in this type of care, you know, making sure that we're really shining a light on mental and behavioral health. How has the experience been thus far in regards to the payers in regards to the insurance world? What's that been like? So what we've built has gotten great validation in the commercial payers, as well as with some very large self-insured employers. I think today it's really resonating, right? We seem to instinctively, where two years ago when I started talking about this, people were saying, really? Like if this was a good idea, wouldn't it have been done? You know, are you sure that the market's ready for groups? So it was a very different conversation two years ago before the pandemic. And now everybody gets, we need that mental health plus social health that's really critical. And so I get really good feedback. What resonates with pairs is that one, this is completely unique. Two, if they want to do a group telehealth, we'd be the only one that they need. They don't have to do 10 or 15 of them, one for each condition. They love the expanded accessibility, right? So in group, you have a single therapist serving 8, 10, 12 people. And that's huge because we're so limited in number of the therapists and the great demand there is for therapy today. And then of course the cost. Group is at least three times less expensive than individual therapy, right? And if you live in a major metro, individual therapy can be $250, $350 a session. Group on average in 90 minute group is $65. So it's incredibly cost-effective. It's incredibly cost-effective if you're paying out of pocket. That's very similar to your insurance copay in a lot of ways. But we want it covered by insurance. We want people to want to go to group. We don't want there to be any friction and payment can be a friction to getting therapy for yourself. 
And one other area as well, Denise, and you know, I want to ask you this question, what the landscape is there is our young people in our communities, the adolescents, pediatrics. Does group apply to those community members as well? It does. We don't right now. So we are 18 years and older. So young adults, college age adults, where it's used heavily. And the reason for that is because when you leave home and go to college, you've now disconnected yourself from all your core relationships, your best friends, your family, your neighborhood. If you were a part of a religious community, it's all disconnected. And so you tend to do not healthy things in college, in some ways making up for the fear of not having friends and feeling self-conscious about it or even lonely. We don't talk about loneliness. I'll come back to that in a moment. But, you know, there's this real need in universities. It's also used heavily in high schools. And this is an area I want us to enter at some point because there's huge value in, especially in teenagers, understanding they are not alone in their problem. And this is one of the challenges in mental health. We believe we're the only ones, and I call this onlyness. I'm the only one with this problem, with this challenge. And really, that's just not true. There, You can always find other people who have a similar problem, a similar challenge. And it's very powerful to have those people to draw on, to learn insights from, and to grow and learn and get healthy in a group of people facing the same challenges that you are. Thank you for that, Denise. Of course, you mentioned that's where one area you guys want to head into into the future. So let's talk a little future state. You know, so many things, as you know, as well as I do, so many things have changed in the past 18 months with this pandemic, right? We've seen so many things laid bare because of it. And of course, there's been some big advancements within technology and innovation because frankly, we had to, right? And things are going to continue to change at a rapid pace. So Denise, where do you see things heading for the industry that you serve and for the industry at large, and then, of course, where group law is going to be heading as well. One of the areas that I really think we're not talking enough about is social health. And I want to start there. Social health is our ability to interact and form healthy, high-quality, and meaningful relationships with others. It's the ability to adapt in new social situations. In order to have social health, we need to have healthy connections to our family, to our friends, to our colleagues, our neighbors, our religious groups, and just as importantly, to society at large. Social health is in our ability to see people as basically good and to believe society works the way it's supposed to. And those things are particularly hard these days for many people because of this problem we have, this extensive amount of fabricated data in the market and in social media, the deep political divide, which can come across confusing, make society seem more confusing, and the structural systems in the U.S. that are intentionally designed to work against certain parts of the population. And so it can be really hard for quite a wide swath of society to feel socially healthy. And there's been a lot of research in the area of social relationships, social connection, and social health, and that's our direct impact, not just on our mental health, but on our physical health and our mortality risk. The preeminent and often cited social neuroscientist, John Cassiopo, who was at the University of Chicago, has shown that loneliness deeply affects more than 60 million Americans, and that loneliness has a higher risk for mentality than excessive alcohol use, smoking, and obesity. And there's a higher stigma around loneliness. We are more likely to say we're depressed than to say we're lonely. 
And there's also the Harvard study, that 75-year-long longitudinal study that followed the lives of Harvard grads and working-class Bostonians. And it showed that social connection was critical to living a healthy and long life. And there's this great TED Talk by Dr. Robert Waldinger, who's the psychiatrist and head of the study now at Harvard. He laces it with a great sense of humor, and you learn a lot about what you need to do as we all age to have a long life. Groups can be created around these social groups. They can be for caregivers, which usually means an adult unpaid caregiver taking care of a chronically ill child or mate a lesbian, gay, transgender community, or Black, Asian, or Native American community, or any other similar community, where if it's your ethnicity or your race or your sexual identity or sexual orientation where the challenges lie, it's actually critical that you have this opportunity to be around people with the same challenge you're facing and learn from each other and grow from each other with the guidance of a therapist taking you through treatment. And so these are some really important things. And what we're doing at GroupWow and where we see sort of how we're changing the future is we're aggregating all of these groups and group types onto the GroupWow platform. So it'll be really easy to find and join a group. And we'll have very good data on retention to groups and what retention looks like across conditions and group types. And retention is critical to outcomes. It's the same thing as when you get a pharmaceutical prescription. If you take one pill and that's it, you're probably not gonna get better. But if you take the whole course of the prescription, you do get better. And it's the same thing with mental health and with group therapy. And over time, we'll be able to predict outcomes based on these very key attributes to group. And there's a lot of research around this. And the attributes to group that we're actually tracking are goal, task, and bond. And it's really about the alliance that develops between the members in the group, between the members and the therapists. It's their ability to collaborate, to build cohesion, to stay on task, to agree on goals. All those things that are things we need to be able to do in life. And this is how we can actually tell. It's actually predictive of whether someone's going to drop out or whether they're doing well in the group. And it gives the therapist the knowledge to know if they need to adapt what they're doing with that group. And so where I think is see things going I really believe therapy, all therapy, will move to systematic measurement. And we're starting to see the push for that, and we're starting to see that happen. I saw that as where the puck is going or was going when I started Group Well, and that's what we designed for. It's what we architected for. And I also think that we're at the very beginning of an industry that is going to be built on real-time data during therapy and day-to-day when you're not in therapy. And we're starting to see the pieces of that come together. And, you know, from my background being, you know, in tech and in data center systems, I do really think about that whole ecosystem and all of the pieces. And we are one core piece. I don't think therapists and therapy will go away or I wouldn't have made the bet there and the investment there. But I do think that there are so many other pieces that we can pull together for patients to give them a whole set of services that they need when they're in therapy and when they're out of therapy so that they can have agency in their care, but so that they can do better day to day. And our job really is to gather that real-time data and apply it to predict the outcomes, enable the therapist, and enable the members of the group. And we actually have a patent pending in this space. So this is what I think is really important going forward. What an exciting future it sounds like it's coming. 
and we're all going to hopefully be better for it. So thank you for sharing that. What an exciting, exciting time, Denise. And of course, coming just like Group All going to help lead us get there. So, but of course, we're also going to now take it back to today and how we can be helping you and the team to get to tomorrow. So Denise, what is one problem need or question that you and the team have that our community that's rallied around this podcast can be helping you with? We need to change the frame of thinking around group therapy. There's a high stigma around therapy in general, and that started to come down because the pandemic and everybody started talking about having anxiety and depression. But there's a higher stigma around joining a group. And I think it's just completely misunderstood modality of care. People believe that others in group won't be like them. And in fact, that's what I first thought. They think that they'll be required to talk or share things that they don't want to share. And that's not how it works. They don't want others to know they're suffering. They don't want to become vulnerable in that way. But group is actually empowering. There's nothing better than facing life's challenges with people who get you. And we need help on how to transform the thinking around group therapy and its value as a critical modality of care. Well, in order to help you with that, Denise, we then, of course, need to be able to find you online and be able to connect with you. What are some connection points online, social media handles, websites, or otherwise? How can we find you? So we are GroupWell Health on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and GroupWell on LinkedIn. I'm really easy to find in Google search. I must be the only Denise Schiffman in the world because I take up the first 100 pages of Google. So you can find me anywhere there. Find me on LinkedIn, actually, and on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter. So you can really find me anywhere. And please do reach out. Excellent. And all those contact points will be in our episode notes. So simply scroll down in your favorite podcast player and click on through to get a hold of Denise and the GroupWell team. Of course, you can always head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode with all of those contact points listed and an opportunity for you to leave comments, questions, feedback, or otherwise in that post, again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Denise, what a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation today. I have one more piece for you, then we'll get you out of here. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because I believe in the healing power of groups and in Groupwell's ability to touch so many lives in a positive way. Absolutely love it. Way to bring it all together at the very end here, Denise. Incredibly important, inspiring work. I'm so grateful and honored to be able to spend time with you today and have your message shared with our community. This is more important than ever. So thank you for taking the time out of your busy day as you continue to build group well and move it forward. But for now, Denise, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.